All right, guys, welcome into season two, episode four of the podcast. I'm doing a collaboration today with the weekly huddle. We got Owen and Sidekick. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, sorry, what's your real name? Christian. Tabor? Yeah, Christian Tabor. <laughs> I got you. Do you want to call me? Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with Sidekick, I think. Okay, great. <laughs> We're just going to be going over some basic questions about uh, podcasting and then obviously be covering Dolphins content and NFL content in general. They're Buffalo Bills fans, which I highly disagree with, but um, expect some big things from them this year. So just getting started, guys, uh, just give a basic introduction about yourselves, basic interests, things like that. Owen would like to start. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, currently a sophomore in college. I uh, live in Buffalo. I go to use the University of Buffalo, Buffalo Bills fan, uh, just everything Buffalo sports fan. In general, uh, I did play. I played football in high school, um, and I started this up when I, I started doing like uh, stuff like this in high school. I would create little websites and post stuff on them, like blog things. Uh, they kind of died off because they were owned by a separate company, so I didn't really work in it. And I'm hoping that when we get our website for this podcast, I can start doing it again with no restrictions. But yeah, I've been doing this for like uh, like four or five years now, uh, writing or recording stuff. Um, if you go. There's some old YouTube channels of me talking about the draft on it, and that's it's horrific. You don't want to find it. I should probably private those, but uh, yeah, I um, I'm my big claim, like biggest uh, thing I like to talk about is just like the, I big on the draft, um, big on the Bills in general. I was, I'm very detail oriented. I know, I know a lot of players. Like if like when we were talking about the Dolphins earlier, I uh, when we were talking about your defense, I knew every player on your defense, every player on the offense. I knew all the offensive linemen. I just I go through and I read rosters, read up on. I go on other people like on Instagram, other Instagram accounts that are like fan accounts and like read up on what people are saying about them. Things like that just to get as much information as possible, especially on my division rivals. Yeah, you knew you knew more than me in some cases. What position did you play football? Uh, I was a. Uh, when I moved to the varsity, I was a linebacker. All right, nice. And what about you, sidekick? What's uh, some background about you? Um, I am a freshman in college. I start my first class tomorrow, actually, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, we went to the same high school. Uh, I didn't. I wanted to play football, but my mom didn't, so I didn't. But I probably would have been like running back or a punter, so that would have been fun. But um, I did swim. I was on the swim team. I was. Um, back when I was still home, I was a martial arts instructor. I've been that. I've been doing martial arts since I was like seven, and teaching for about like four years. So that was good. Um, I plan on testing for my third degree black belt in December, which I'm also excited for. So nobody should fuck with you. <laughs> Christian, get on my level. I already got my third degree. <laughs> but one of my other, uh, one of the guys across the hall was saying the same thing. He was like, damn, black belt. Well, I'm going to bring you everywhere I go now. Yeah, they don't, they don't strike me as a martial artist, but that's pretty dope. That's cool. Um, was that? I was just going to wrap it up to say, yeah, it's been fun. Thanks for staying active, that kind of thing. Yeah, I got you. And just uh, what got you guys into podcasting? And if you want to plug, uh, you know, what, uh, how often you post, who comprises your crew up and things like that. Just give a background of your show. Owen not... told me to join, so I joined. Yeah, I would. <laughs> I did the I was doing all the writing thing and I was sitting there and I uh I do, I I do a side job where I deliver pizzas and I listen to like uh you know Super Football podcast or uh uh pardon the interruption stuff like that so I listened to other like football podcasts and I was driving around and I'm like huh I could do this I could re- I like I love talking about football and my girlfriend hates me for it because I'll just 
I have no one else to talk to, so I just like rant to her, and she doesn't know anything about it. So like I yeah. could just start talking about football, and that I, like I talk. Me and Christian would talk about football every day anyway. We just sit there like, hey, have you seen this? Talk about this. Talk about bills. This bills that. So I'm like, why don't I just record it? Like at this point, if I'm gonna talk about it anyway, what's the point of not recording it? So I was like, hey, uh, I had this idea. Let's um, let's just do a podcast because we already talk about it enough. And he's like. Okay. Like, I, I thought he was going to have some, like, some, like, oh, no, let's, uh, like, well, where did this come from? No, he was like, okay, when did we start? I was like, oh, that's cool. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, we do, uh, we came up with the name Weekly Huddle. We're doing, uh, right now, we have weekly episodes, um, ranging anywhere from, like, half an hour to an hour. Uh, it depends on how much we talk about. Like, today, we kind of went long. We had just recorded one with, uh, with, uh, you earlier. That's going to be going up in, like, I believe two weeks because we have to do our, uh, post up our, this upcoming week is going to be our AFC Northwest-South uh, upload. The next week will be our AFC East Mega episode with you. So uh, all, all your fans should go check that out, definitely. But we, we, we run a couple different shows on our channel. We have uh, the podcast, obviously. We also do um, I do dra- I do draft breakdowns of players. And then we uh, me and Kaber uh, know a guy from Tabor's uh, uh, martial arts school. It's his boss that uh, loves to do hot takes on football. So we have a we have our own little mini show. We had a, we had an episode of the podcast of this, and now we're debuting a, a mini show where we just talk to him for like two hours, and we cut it up into little segments. Uh, it's debuting this Monday, so uh, we're hoping oh. we're open we're hoping that uh, that goes up. And we also do uh, we we have a couple of pop up videos on there. Uh, so we do we do a little bit of everything. And what kind of final escape I'm sorry. What was that? I'm sorry, I interrupted you, uh, sidekick. What'd you say? No, I was just gonna say I thought I finally escaped him, but nope, he's back and louder than ever doing hot takes. Just... <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, what did you say, uh, Aaron? Uh, just what kind of uh, what platforms do you guys post to? What do you mean? We uh, so right now we post uh, we record our podcast and we're posting the YouTube and as well as the YouTube videos. So we're we're uh, I run the YouTube channel stuff. We also have uh, we we also have not Spotify, um, Apple Music, Google Podcast. And I, I think we're I think we're off of SoundCloud now. We were on SoundCloud. I think we're off of it now. But we're also on uh, Stitcher, Stitcher Podcast, which is like uh, if you ever just like look up a podcast, it usually will direct you to Stitcher, if not to Google or Apple. So that's another one of the big ones we have. Uh, we also have an Instagram and a Facebook page. Uh, we usually have them there, links in like our description and stuff. So. And then just lastly, for the introduction part, uh, just both for both of you guys, what's your favorite component of doing the podcasting? What challenges do you guys encounter? going through uh, your episodes? Um, well, as of right now, it's probably the, the, the biggest challenge is getting connections and stuff and making sure everything sounds good because now Christian's off in college, so when we do our own episodes, it's the two of us. Uh, we have to do a completely Zoom. There was a period in time he'd come over here and we set up. But, uh, yeah, that's probably the biggest issue. We haven't really run anything, but uh, we have, we're having fun doing it, and we're able to, we're able to just, like, we, we, like I said, we do this anyway, Every day, anyway, and we just get people to come on. We talk about football and do what we love to do. What about you, man? Um, well, for me, I can't say names for the life of me, but <laughs> um, it's yeah. I feel like timing, um, just getting things worked out where we both are available. Because again, starting college and everything, it's kind of hectic and stressful process. At least for me, because this is all new to me. Yeah, but sure. yeah, so. I mean, that's kind of the biggest challenge for me anyway, but it's been fun. It's just talking about football, talking about what uh, we love. Uh, I like looking at and getting inspiration from other accounts and other like YouTubers and stuff and seeing what other people do and saying like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then kind of implementing that 
I think that's a very fun and interesting part of it, at least for me anyway. Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just been it's been fun so far. So. All right, so we're talking to two Buffalo Bills fans. So we're going to start by going through that 2019 playoff game last season with the Houston Texans. In my opinion, a f- really phenomenal game. My favorite maybe of the entire postseason, especially a wild card weekend. So I just listed out some points, some big plays from those games to get your guys' opinion on. So um, from both of you, going back to that wild card game last year, what was your impression of that initial opening drive? Josh Allen ran that quarterback sweep. They had some trick plays in there, followed up by that end around play they had um, from Brown, passing it to Josh Allen for that touchdown. What's your, both your guys' overall thoughts, that opening drive, how they started the game, that trickery, how hype were you? Dude, I was I was sitting there thinking like, who the hell is this team? I was like, where where did this come from? We're doing trick plays now. The fuck is this? I was I was shocked, but I was also like really happy. I was like, oh yes, we're good. I uh, I um I was actually working during it, so I was delivering pizzas during it. Uh, but I was able to have my phone on while I was at work, so I was able to watch it. I remember when we on that first drive, I had it on the radio, and I heard. The jet sweep, I'm like, oh, oh, we've run that play before. I mean, it's, a, it's not, I mean, it worked, I guess. And then we ran the reverse, and I was like, wait, wait, what? I was confused because the way they were calling it, I'm like, oh, reverse to him. Oh, oh, it's, oh, it's back the other way. And it's a pass now. Okay, cool. Oh, it's a touchdown. And I didn't even see what happened until I, like, pulled up the replay on my phone. And yeah. I was like, oh, we actually, like, because we ran something like that against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, but it right. wasn't that complex. It was just basically, like, a sweep pass to the running back. But this one was like backwards to the corner. I was confused, and then I remember when we scored it. I like jumped and like accidentally punched the roof of my car when we scored. <laughs> it was a phenomenal start to the game. It, it was really exciting to see the kind of creativity that the offense plugged in there, and and then of course your quarterback getting the first receiving touchdown of the playoff game was exciting. So the Bills go into halftime. Then they're up 13-0. They're playing pretty well offensively. Like I said, the Texans have a zero on the scoreboard and they're, you know, they got a high powered offense. So at halftime, you're up 13-0. You held this opposite team on their home field to zero. How are you both you guys feeling going into locker room at halftime, being the away team with a 13-0 lead? I mean, we, as Bills fans, we don't have a lot of uh, watching it and having a lot of playoff uh, viewing. So mm-hmm. I uh, experienced, I make all the drought jokes you want, but uh, we, uh, the last time we were in the playoffs, we were it was it was a nine to three loss to Jacksonville. I believe we were tied three three going in half. So I felt the same way kind of because I was like, okay, this is still a game. It's only thirteen nothing. It's like they we've helped, we shut them out in the first half, and they have like DeAndre Hopkins, Deshaun Watson. So I was kind of impressed by that, but I was still wary. Um, I was like, oh well, they can always score two touchdowns and be in the lead again. And at this point, I'm not confident. I've liked what we've done. We just need to please just keep doing what you're doing because I don't want. <laughs> Like, make halftime adjustments and everything, but don't go too crazy and try to switch up game plans to try to, like, guess what they're going to switch up to because I need it just – I don't care if we win a boring playoff game as long as we win a playoff game. Absolutely. Sidekick, yeah. what were your thoughts? <laughs> I, was, I was sitting there. I was really happy, but then I was also like, wait, things don't go this well for us. <laughs> as a Bills fan, we don't have things go well usually. <laughs> Yeah. Just look at the last playoff game. So, I mean, just look at Nathan Peterman, period. So, um, just, I mean, Owen, Owen's not happy with me bringing Nathan Peterman up. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was really skeptical. I was like, okay, well, 
we're doing good now. Let's just hope <laughs> that we can keep this up because it is the Texans. It is Deshaun Watson. It is DeAndre Hopkins. They still are going to end up like they're going to score. They're going to try and make a comeback. It's just up to us to last. And well, we know how that went out. So, Well, then you get that opening drive of the third quarter. If you guys remember this play, um, I rewatched the highlights before making the script up. And I completely forgot about this play. So the opening drive of the third quarter, uh, the Texans returner threw the ball to the referee, right? It's scooped up by the Bills initially, declared that touchdown, and then it was overruled that he gave himself up, and it was a touchback, and obviously that would have made a huge difference. So was it a touchdown? Was it a touchback? What are your guys' thoughts on that? Dude, that was a touchdown. I don't care. That should have been a touchdown. I don't – what what did, what did the announcer say? It was like common – or like – Gave himself up or – He said like I common mean, sense prevails, and I was just like, no. <laughs> Your knee's supposed to touch the ground. I w- I was I was out before the kicked off kickoff. I was like, oh, it's a kickoff. Nothing's gonna happen. I had a delivery. I was walking up the door. I gave the guy, got the money, came back and sat down. And I come back and like, okay, so we're gonna start. Dry. Oh, they're they're arguing about something. What's what is happening? And on <laughs> over the radio because it's the bills now. It's the bills radio channel I'm listening on. And I'm like, well, what's happening? Because there's like a review going on. I'm like, I, it was only a kickoff. What did I miss? And I pull up the live feed NFL NFL the NFL app, which is a little bit behind the radio. So I could see what just happened while I was out there. And I see what happened. I'm like, wait, did his knee touch first? I was like, wait, did his knee touch? And then it, they showed the replay, and it totally didn't. I'm like, then it's a fumble. The, the referee didn't catch the ball on purpose. How are they going to call that he gave himself up, but then the ref who was standing next to him didn't believe he gave himself up to the fact that – to the point where he believed there was a fumble, so he just let it drop. If, if the ref honestly thought he was giving himself up, he would have caught that ball and held it, brought it up to the line of scrimmage, or threw it to the sideline or a ball boy. If he, but he believed he didn't. He believed, oh, this is a fumble. They should have scored. And obviously, I mean, it was such a huge call in the game because you look how tight it was. The Bills would have extended their lead. Um, all the momentum would have been on their side. And unfortunately, it was called back, but definitely a stressful way to start the second half of play. So fast forward to the fourth quarter now. You lose the lead. You're down 19-16. Josh Allen scrambles for a big play laterals the ball for whatever reason and luckily the ball is knocked out of bounds as a fan of the game with so much time left on the clock bills fan it looks like you guys are going to march down tie the game win it what was josh allen thinking what were you guys thinking in that moment he likes to play superhero ball sometimes that was what the whole main purpose of he hurdled the linebacker he tries to truck dbs he he's unorthodox we'll say he's unorthodox and I don't know what was going through his head at the moment. He saw his tight end and was like, let's pitch this for whatever reason. Let's just pitch it. And I saw that. And I, uh, at this point, I was home. And I was like, no, no, stop. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't know what, like, like he, if, he's a, if he was a cyborg, his his brain malfunctioned. Like, he had, like, a, like a glitch. Because, like, Oh, I'm back behind the line of scrimmage. I can throw it still or something. I don't know. He, I don't know what he was thinking because he just, just went to it's the like, ground. Oh. It's like he suddenly thought that he was Travis Kelsey and he could pitch it back to LaShawn McCoy, but that's not the case. He had like three guys on him. Why would he do that? <laughs> there was so much time left. and I mean, there was no need to – there was no rush. I mean, draw it up yeah. to inexperience maybe. Just try that, to- that's kind of what I think it is. I think it was just he tried to – make a play and i mean a lot of the times before like with the hurdle um i mean 
some of the times it ends up working out. So I think in his mind, it was just like, all right, well, let's just see if it works. <laughs> he was just like, all right, let's just throw it and see if it sticks. But I don't think in a playoff game is really when you should be <laughs> trying yeah. to do those, do no. <laughs> make those decisions. But I mean, um, I chalk it all up to this. Just I mean, it's a, it's a learning experience. I mean, he'll never do that again. We know that for sure. And hopefully, <laughs> he better not. At the time, I was really just like I was. I was sitting there with my jaw dropped, and I was just like, "What is going on?" <laughs> Why? Was, and I was really relieved that it went out of bounds, though. Yeah, Lisa went out of bounds. So that saved you guys for a little bit, and then you know we get to overtime. The Bills had it at third and eighteen, and they gave that play up, and then they had that sh uh, that sure sack on the Sean Watson. Where, if you guys remember, the two you know the two um, guys on the blitz literally had him from both sides, and Watson made a huge escape, scrambled out of it, that led to the winning field goal. So, starting first with the third and eighteen, a you know that the defense is heavily favored in that situation. Why couldn't the Bills get the stop on third and eighteen? First off. I, Deshaun Watson is a phenomenal talent. Let's just get that out of the way. He is amazing. And I chalk up most of that missed sack opportunity, just him being Deshaun Watson and being able to escape that kind of stuff. Um, but it's just it's backyard football at that point. Uh, the guy who caught the ball is now currently – he was a Bill, then he wasn't a Bill, now he's, and he was on the Texans and caught that ball and ran it up to the field. Now he's a Bill again, uh, running back Taiwan Jones. Mm -hmm. uh, so – they had him in there, and he's like he's more of like a receiver than a running back. He plays like special teams receiver, but he's like listed as a running back. And he it was basically just like a backyard football. He he ran around. You can't coverage broke down. You can't really if a play goes on for that long, you can't cover everybody. And they, I remember from my time playing football, uh, the offense was always taught if the quarterback starts scrambling or the play breaks down the backfield and he's just running around run away from the quarterback because there's going to be more players coming down on him, which is what the two blitzers were doing, and they unfortunately missed the tackle. And he was like, oh, well, I'm underneath, and there's all this space. I'm just going to sit here and wait for the ball. And then he just happened to get it. He was able to get the ball off even with two guys on him. And it was it was just an un high-end talent quarterback with making a making a play with just a smart – a player who knows in the right place at the right time. Like, if he wasn't out there, if he was tasked to stay in a block, that probably isn't happening. They're probably not winning that game. Mm -hmm. But because Deshaun Watson's such a talent and because they just happened to have a guy, a running back who was supposed to be his check down, still back there, not running up field like everyone else, he was able to get a lot of space and just go for it. Right. Yeah. And I feel like another problem with that was two people that tried to make the sack were Matt Milano, a linebacker, and Cyrene Neal, a safety. So you already have two people that could potentially be in coverage that are now going to sack the quarterback. So now that's going to leave up more space, and it clearly did because then um, we got fucked <laughs> is what happened. That's the moral of the story. So the two yeah. guys come down. They It's a sure sack. Watson spins away from it. Field goal unit's out. Are your hopes completely dashed by now, or are you hoping for a block, a missed kick, or do you are you accepting reality at this point? It's all about for Owen, but for me, I it, we could be down like twenty points, and I'll still be like, all right, we got one minute left. We can return this. We can get an onside kick. We can score this. It's just like yeah. I always just thinking like, okay, we can come back. Right. <laughs> Don't always do, but I always think we can. Yes. I uh I was watching it, and I was like, okay, well. He missed one earlier in the game. It wasn't this close, but he missed one earlier in the game. 
Right. We've tipped a couple kicks this year. Uh, so, I mean, it, potentially. But at this point, I was just like setting my, expe- setting my expectations low and hoping I get surprised rather than <laughs> like, okay, just block it. I know how hard it is to block a field goal, but you got this. Just block it. And I was like, yeah. oh, God, he's going to make this. And he did. And I was like, oh. In relation to that, though, keeping your – like um, when the Miami Miracle happened, um, I was so pissed off. I turned the TV off and my phone starts blowing up with notifications. And then I like go on like a Facebook live stream and I see like our whole fans. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? And we, it was, there's like eight seconds. Left. Did we score? And when I figured out that I missed the Miami miracle play live, I was so mad at myself. I gave up on my team. So uh, to your point, like I said, whether it's, we're down 20 or whatever it is, keep that TV on until it's zero, zero on the clock. Cause I remember can, I'm, I remember a situation like that where uh, I wasn't I was watching the Saints Vikings game back in like 2017 2018, yep. and I went upstairs because like oh they just scored. My brother's like I went upstairs to go play my Xbox and I was like my brother's like well there's a couple seconds left you know what happened and I was like ah oh, whatever fine I'll come watch the last couple seconds with you and he's like yeah the game's coming out next anyway so you don't want to miss it so I went back downstairs to watch to watch the last seconds and then the Minneapolis miracle happened and I was sitting and I was like. I yeah. was like this close. I was like one like sentence away from not witnessing it, and I think I would have forever regretted it because that was, it was. I can't even believe that happened. I couldn't even with my own eyes. I was like, this just happened. There's zero. Yep. I was like, gotta watch it all all sixteen minutes. Right. Uh, so just like I said, I think you guys would agree with me that Buffalo should have won that game, and it would have been. Um, really interesting to see how far they would have gone into the playoffs because they were playing extremely well. So, and like I said, I think it was one of my favorite games of the entire postseason last year. So, just an overall synopsis of your thoughts to that game. Um, where Buffalo would have been if they won. What are your overall thoughts on the game in general, and where Buffalo could have been had they um, held on to that lead? I think so. We blew the lead to the Texans. Real quick, at least we didn't blow the lead to the Chiefs like the Texans did. Uh, but saying that, um, so the Texans were the third seed, I believe, or fourth seed, and they third faced. They, I think they were third or fourth. We were the fifth, mm-hmm. and Tennessee won, who were the sixth. So instead of so we would we would have played the Chiefs, and the Titans still would have played the Ravens, I believe. No. <laughs> it's tough to. I'm trying, I'm trying to figure yeah. it out in my head. I think yeah we were fifth, Texans were fourth, because two plays th- two plays three no, I can't remember how the playoffs work but we'll just stick with it if we played the Chiefs again if we would have played the, if we would have kept on to that win and the Chiefs we would have faced Chiefs, our defense is better than the Texans so I don't think they would have ramped the score as much as they did, but I doubt it still would have been high because we can't really you can't really defend that much against the Chiefs they're the Chiefs. Like so, I think I feel like we would have been in the same boat as the Texans, where we would have lost. But I don't think it would be as an embarrassing of a loss. Nor do I think we would have had the lead at all that game. I didn't have high expectations after the week because I knew if we won, we'd be facing the Chiefs most likely, and I knew yeah. the Chiefs were already gonna be like top tier, gonna probably gonna make the Super Bowl. Right. I will say because I'm not sure how the how it would have ended up as far as seeding and who we would have faced. But I think if we would have faced the Titans, we would have made it. To the, we would have moved past that. I mean, we did if beat them was the year. Yeah, it was a Marcus Mariota Titans. But would it be Titans? I think we would have beaten them. I think I, so. I think 
I mean, we stopped, we didn't really stop him, but I mean, we, we I guess, suppressed uh, Derrick Henry before, and then, I mean, Mariota was ended. Mariota, I mean, we kind of right. lost his job after he faced us. But um, sure. still, I think we could have held out and beat them. Again, move on to face the Chiefs and lose anyway. But <laughs> uh, Yeah, we held, we held Derrick Henry to 20 rushes for 78 yards and a touchdown. So that's a 3.9 average. When we yeah, faced them in week four, we won set, uh, 14 yeah. to seven. Very boring game. I remember it was on my birthday. I was like killing myself because it was so boring. But you would have, but you played Mariota at the time, right? Right, right, right. So it wouldn't have been the Tannehill one. Tannehill. Yeah, Mr. Mr. X Miami Dolphin. How does that make you feel? You had, you gave up Tannehill and then he went and like did super well in Tennessee. Now he's getting paid like what, $90 million a year or $90 million overall? It's a funny story, actually, because I was so high. Te- uh, Texas A&M is actually my favorite college team. Um, so I was so high on Tannehill when we drafted him in 2012. And when I, from the time I was in middle school, high I, was, I think it was like a freshman in high school when we drafted him. The entire time through high school, I would always draft him my fantasy team. And I always tell my soccer team, all my friends, like, this guy is going to be something. I, I always believed in him despite his inconsistencies, despite the rough systems he was in. So... It was my junior year of college where my one friend, he has this job where he like follows celebrities around and all this stuff. So he gave me uh, the information of uh, Tannehill was doing an autograph signing in New Jersey with a whole bunch of other guys. So I was like, yeah, I'll go down. Um, Guys like Dan Marino, Patrick Mahomes, Terry Bradshaw were all there. So their lines were like stretched out the door. (laughs) I think Tannehill had like five people (laughs) that bought tickets to see him. But he was still a Dolphin at the time, and then it was a week or five days or so before I was supposed to go down, and then I got the news he was traded. So I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to go down and get an autograph on a Dolphins uniform or a Dolphins jersey, and he's not going to be a Dolphin anymore. So like I said, I still went down. Um, the event was really, really cool. Um, but like I said, the line stretched out the doors for these other guys, and Tannehill had, like, no people for him. So he actually took, like, 20 minutes to talk with me and everything, and he's like, I, I admire him as a person on and off the field. So it was like meeting my hero. I love him so much. And I told him that day that I, I said, you will get a starting shot this year in Tennessee. And I said, I know you'll do great things. And then he went to the AFC championship game. So I low key take credit for his success. <laughs> season. So, um, so <laughs> but I was, he was one game away from going back to Miami for the Super Bowl. I, I think that really would have been poetic for him. So it was unfortunate that they blew that opportunity they really did make a run, but I expect great things from Tannehill. But it, it does hurt not seeing him in Miami anymore. I really do love him. Can you give me like a pump up then? Because it seems like your your little pump up talks there uh, help out a lot. <laughs> I mean, like I like I said, I I'm like, I, I DM them on Instagram too. <laughs> I said I, t- I said uh, are you gonna give me a shout out or some credit? And yeah, you know, he didn't answer me. But it's <laughs> <laughs> well, moving on to uh, just some general questions then. So you mentioned. The playing the Jacksonville Jaguars in the playoffs in 2017, uh, a loss there. And then you get back to the playoffs in 2019, lose the Texans. The franchise, the Bills were a mess a few years back. They trusted a process. They stabilized. They looked primed to win the division this year. What do they need to do differently or what's some slight changes they got to do to get over that hump, win a wild card, win a playoff game, and, you know, take steps towards divisional conference, Super Bowl? What did Josh they miss? Allen. Josh Allen. 100 percent Josh Allen. It's Josh Allen. I, well, um, I think it's just our team is gonna be good. It just 
how much and Josh Allen's gonna progress. Like there's no doubt in my mind that he is gonna take a step up. It's just how much how big of a step is he gonna take? Is he still gonna um half of his throws gonna be overthrows or is he actually gonna like hit his guys where he's supposed to? Is he going to mess up on some reads or is he gonna clean up his game? Is it gonna take five weeks for him to actually go into um his top tier performance? I mean it's just uh, a lot of it is just on Josh Allen, in my opinion, and on him being able to take that next step up because he has the pieces around him. He has the line to protect him. He has the defense to bail him out. It's just – it's on him, really. I I think that they're – my biggest issue was that they needed to take steps to build more around him because this past season when we went to the playoffs, they signed Quentin Spain to left guard. They signed Mitch Morris at center. They signed John Feliciano right guard. They drafted Cody Ford to right tackle. They put all a new offensive line in front of him, and it, it worked out. We had like a above like an above average, average to above average offensive line. We locked up those guys now, um, and so we we built in the trenches. We added John Brown, who was uh, we tried to actually add him the year before, but he went to the Ravens instead. Uh, but we added him this year, and he went from he became a thousand yard receiver for us. So that was great. He actually broke the Bills' record for most fifty yard. It was most five yard, fifty yard reception games in a row, or something like that. Or some I can't remember what it was. But he broke. He, he had he had like thousand eighty six yards or something like that. Uh, and then we had Cole Beasley. He um he brought those guys in, and uh like we talked about when we did our episode of the podcast before, uh we we were coming from we got that coming from the year before when we had. Calvin Benjamin and Zay Jones and Andre Holmes and uh, Darian or Thompson. What was his name? I was trying to remember his name. Uh, Darius Thompson. Oh. Darius Thompson. Clay. I was like, I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> um, or Deontay Thompson. Deontay Thompson. Yeah, yeah. And then some like guys that got who when we cut them didn't even get signed by any other teams because they were so bad and they were starting for us. And we went from that to having John Brown and Cole Beasley and Zay Jones, and then we traded J- Zay Jones, and we had, uh, like, we had, we've had, we've had decent receivers. Like, we didn't have, like, since, like, Stevie Johnson, we haven't had, like, a true number one receiver. We had Sammy Watkins for a little bit, but then that didn't work out. He always got, he got hurt a bunch. Um, so I thought this upcoming offseason, we needed to add pieces around him, which we traded for Stefan Diggs, hoping for more development out of our, uh, our rookie, our now second-year tight end. Um, hoping our running backs can develop and become a one-two punch, kind of like we had with Frank Gore, except younger, cheaper kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, like he said, it's all on Josh Allen, but this we took ev- we took all the necessary steps we could take to Im- make the situation with Josh Allen better. Now it's 100% on him. We At the beginning of the offseason, it was put stuff around him. We did that. Now it's in his the ball's in his court. I, I, I agree with both you guys. Obviously, quarterback position uh, is the most important position in football. Adding all the right pieces is obviously key as well. Neither of you mentioned coaching, and that leads into my next question. Is Sean McDermott the right head coach to take this team to a Lombardi trophy? Uh, yes. I would say Sean McDermott is. Um, I've been sold on him since that week four win against the Falcons, like his first in 2017. I was sold on him early just because if – Coming from when I was when I became a fan, we were in the Doug Whaley years. Then we went to Rex Ryan, and when we got to Sean McDermott, there was you could just feel it in the games we were playing. It was disciplined football. It was maybe not the best football you'll watch, but it was football that I knew I was like, okay, we're not gonna make dumb mistakes. Rex, the coach isn't gonna get flagged like Rex. 
We're not going to have him hiring his brothers to run our defense. It was, it felt like, like I'm assuming how the Patriots feel with their coaching staff. Like they're confident that there's not going to be the dumb mistakes. You're going to have solid performances from people. You're not going to. Now Nathan Peterman happened all this stuff that year too. But I mean, like it was just a different feeling. It felt fresh, and. So I'm sold on Sean McDermott, and I'm sold on defensive coordinator Leslie Frazier, who was the former head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. He's been doing good for us. People are even saying he was going to go look for head coaching jobs this year. What I'm skeptical on is our offensive coordinator, Brian Dable. When you're talking about coaching, that's the spot I'm worried about because he was in the NFL previously as a tight ends coach and stuff like that for like the Patriots, and he bounced around a lot. Then he was the offensive coordinator from Alabama. And then when they won the national championship game with Calvin Ridley and Tua, so then we we brought him in as our office coordinator after after 2017 with uh, I can't remember even who it was our office coordinator in 2017. We fired him after that year because it wasn't that we scored nine point we scored three points in a playoff game and lost to the Jags. Um, right. So we brought him in, and then this first year with Allen as a rookie, it was iffy. Our offense wasn't good, but again, it was not the talent. So now we put the talent around him. Josh has got a Josh has another year in his system developed, but his play calling leaves some to be desired. Like he'll he'll run draws on third and four, and it's like why are you running the ball? Why don't you just throw like a slant or a screen? We don't run a lot of screens. We don't. It's just he has glimpses of like fantastic play calling, like that play in the Texans playoff game, or the play in the the Cowboys Thanksgiving game. He has stuff I love to see. I love some stuff. But then there are times in the games where I'm like, why did you call that? Why is this? Why is the fullback out wide getting double covered and he's the main target on this play? Why are you putting the fullback out? He's done it multiple times. He put the fullback out wide as like the X receiver. Like, why are you doing this? So there's times I'm confident in him and I'm confident in Sean McDermott. But if there's any like wavering in my confidence in the coaching system to bring coaching staff to bring us to a Super Bowl, it's with Brian Dable. And what about you, Sackick? Um, John McDermott, <laughs> I love. Fraser, I love. Brendan Bean, I love. It's just, Dable is just iffy. And he's just, I, I hope that, because um, I, I remember seeing stats about him, like all of his offenses having like, a, being like 20th or something in the league as far as how they were ranked. And then there was a lot of stuff to go against him as far as that's concerned. But, I mean, I'm going to keep faith in him, but I'm also going to be skeptical because um, he's just he's, he's very questionable in some regards as far as play calling and as far as how he's um, looking at things and his decision-making. I think that that all leaves something to be desired. Yeah. Uh, next question. with We kind of discussed this a little bit, but with uh, Tom Brady out of the division with New England, um, out of all the teams in the AFC East, from top to bottom, are the Bills the prime team to definitely dethrone the Patriots and winning the division? They won it for over a decade. Is this the year the Bills do it? I mean, definitely, but yes. Yeah, I I would say I'm not gonna go like, oh, 100. percent The Bills are gonna dethrone the Patriots because like the Dolphins are young and talented and hungry. They uh, even with lack of talent, they the, the effort and the trying was there, and they still won't pull out some games. They won some surprising games. So now with even more talent, I think they're definitely a threat in the division. I can never count out Bill Belichick, but uh, I'm never gonna give us like even now. If I if you ask me to put money on the Bills to win the division, I won't do it just because 
there's the meme going around that the Indianapolis Colts won our division the, before we did. They've, they've won it more recently than we have, and they're in the AFC South now. So yeah. <laughs> just because of that, I'm not going to – I'm not going to go and be like, hey, I'm not going to give us, you know, I'm putting my life savings down on the Bills to win the division this year because there's the Patriots, Bill Belichick, and now Cam Newton. It's it's even the last Brady. I don't ever count them out because of how good the coaching staff is. You, you Belichick himself guarantees like six, seven wins a year. Right. And Miami's young and hungry. The only team I'm not worried about is the Jets, but then even then the Jets – just to, just just to spite me could just come out of nowhere and win the division. So it's 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 a process where it's no one in the team, no one in the division is like elite. So it's like there's some divisions like the a- NFC West where all the teams are so good anyone can win it. It's AFC yeah. East is like all these teams are like mediocre to pretty good range enough to that anyone could win it. It's not like there's a bunch of heavy hitters. It's a bunch of like middle of the pack teams that could win it potentially because some teams could just flounder. And you sidekick? I'm not gonna get over that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it could it could go anyway. Honestly, I could I could see a world where the Jets win it. I can see a world where the Patriots win it, where the Dolphins win it, where the Bills win it. I will say the Bills, I, in my opinion, are the favorites, and I think that is the case with a lot of people. But I won't bet against anyone else because this is a weird season. Um, even if it was a normal season, it's just weird as far as how all the rosters are laid out and how um, all the teams are being built right now and where everyone's at, where it's a lot of uncertainties in this division. And even if it was just a normal season and things like COVID weren't a thing, I would still be skeptical as to who would win the division. Now, especially because of everything going on and how weird of a season it is, it's really like up in the air for me. I mean, Josh Allen could just like fold and the Bills get like, no wins. I mean, you never know what could happen in this in this year. I feel he could get the virus and be out for three, six, nine the whole season. Right. Could get mono like Sam Donald. Could get mono, yeah. <laughs> so before we just wrap up a little bit, talking about what's going into the 2020 season, just for both of you guys being Buffalo fans, um, just asking you, what is your favorite? Whether it's watching on TV, being at a game favorite memory um that the bills have brought you in recent memory. like my first game i went to was i think it was like 2014 2015 um i saw the jets play the dolphins on monday night football we won the game and we were locked in that sixth seed for the night we didn't keep it because we didn't make the playoffs that year but i was so hyped as a kid at that time and then i think my favorite outside of meeting Tannehill was the playoff game in Pittsburgh, my dad and I went down there. It was the fourth coldest game in, in Steeler history. It was um, obviously Tannehill got hurt, so Matt Moore was playing. But it, Pittsburgh was a beautiful city. Uh, it was great to see Miami in the playoffs. Um, freezing game. I bought like a Pepsi, and as soon as I brought it back to my seat, it was ice frozen. So many guys were huddled in the bathroom at halftime, just like <laughs> hugging each other. It was, it was, it was really weird. But um, so, what, what did you two, uh, for both you guys, with some good memories? the bills have brought you the, the obvious answer is probably going to be breaking the drought um i remember i have a video of it uh on my save on my snapchat where when that happened i had uh i was wearing like pajamas and a t-shirt and it was snowing outside in buffalo it was like th- like a foot or two of snow and we won it we won that game against the dolphins and my brother had the bengals 
uh, Baltimore game up on his phone, streaming it while we were watching that game. So as soon as that game ended, we switched it over. And it was 4th to 17, and we were like, oh, well, here we go again. And then he caught it and scored a touchdown. Me and my brother were so excited. We, like, jumped and hugged and, like, smashed faces together because we were just, like, trying to embrace hard enough. And then once the game officially ended, I took my shirt off, ran outside, and did, like, a half-naked, like, snow angel in the snow. I was I was so excited. And it was, like, New Year's Eve, too, so then we went out and went to my friend's house, and we had, like, a little party there. It was it was, it was was crazy. That's probably my favorite memory from watching. Um, from going to a game, I've gone to four in my lifetime. Uh, not kind of preseason, just regular season games. I've mm. gone to four. I'm currently uh, four and zero. Oh. Uh, I, I, I like to hold that up as like. But I've also only went to games. I went to two Dolphins games. I went to a Bengals game. and I went to a Jaguars game back when the Jaguars were crap, in like 2016. What that four and zero. Yeah. Uh, I was hoping to go to some to like the Chiefs game and the Patriots game this year or the Seahawks game, but you know, pandemic happened. Yeah, yeah. How about you, Tabor? Obviously, there's the drought. I mean, that's going to be at the top of, like, any Bills fans list because that's just, like, it's an insane moment. Um, I didn't jump into the snow or do anything crazy like that, but it definitely was exciting. Um, I guess another moment for me was when we drafted Josh Allen because I remember I was in high school. I was in our band room. And I was with a guy named Seth Fonda, and we were just chilling in there. And then Seth, Seth didn't know too much, so I was kind of, like, letting him know. I was like, all right. And, and I didn't really know that much, but I knew a little bit. And I was like, all right, we want Josh Rosen. Josh Rosen is going to be good. He's going to be a great guy. We're also talking about getting Josh Allen, but he's kind of – he has accuracy issues. You know, he, I mean – People think he's got a big arm. He, he's good at mobile. But, like, Josh Rosen, he has, like, his foundations are good. Like, he's going to be a good quarterback. We need to draft him. And then I remember as soon as we drafted him, as soon as they said Josh, we were so happy. And then as soon as they said Allen, we were both just, like, we were just, like, oh. And we just <laughs> looked at each other. And I was just, like, you know, this could be good. <laughs> I immediately just flipped my opinion. I was, like, you I, uh... know – all those things I was saying before, let's take that. I mean, he has promise. <laughs> I, uh, the same night when we went to the Josh Allen story, uh, he was in the band room and next to our band room is our, uh, our audio our auditorium. I was yeah. in the auditorium that night for my national junior honor society. Uh, so I was, I got, I got, uh, selected for it. So I'm at That's my, I'm at, I'm at my, uh, my, 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 uh, introduction, my, uh, whatever it's called. I'm being induction. induction. My induction, uh, and I have my phone. In, we're not supposed to have our phones, up, but I have it like sandwiched in between my legs in the state in the, in the crowd while I'm waiting to get my name called. And I'm getting updates on every pick. I'm like, oh, Baker Mayfield, something like that. And then my my two head football coaches are the ones announcing us because of the principal and the assistant principal. I walk up the stage and I call my name. One shakes my hand and pulls me in and he goes, uh, "What are the draft picks so far?" I'm like, uh, "Baker to Cleveland, uh, Saquon to Giants, and Darnold to Jets." And then I walk up to the next guy. He goes, "Did you just tell him the draft picks were?" I'm like, "Yeah." And then my dad was reading my speech and ended it with who the first overall pick was. And then I'm sitting on stage, so everyone's watching us on stage, and I have it in between my legs. I'm like, okay, we're on the seventh. I'm like, oh, we got. I was sitting next to my friend, and I was like, on the seventh, like we traded up the seventh overall pick. I'm like, come on, we need. I'm like, we need Josh Rosen. Come on, please be Josh Rosen. And my friend really wanted Josh Allen, and I'm looking at it, and it's like I'm refreshing, 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 trying to like he's inconspicuous because I'm on stage with spotlights on me. I'm like, come on, come on, come on. And it said Josh Allen, and I was like. I was mad. I didn't even know he was in back there until afterwards because I saw him. But I'm like, yeah. he, my, my friend was like, yes. They're like pump, fist bumping underneath, like behind someone else. And I, I'm standing there like, 
I wanted Josh Rosen. <laughs> I really wanted Josh Rosen, and then he could draft the tenth overall. We can give him to you now if you still want him. Oh no, I'm, nah. I'm good. Nah. I'm good. Nah. We got we got nah. discount Josh Rosen with Jake Fromm, but uh, now with a splash of more racism. But uh, we, we uh. I was really upset at that point, but then I talked myself into it. It took me longer than he did, obviously, but I remember I was on stage with my phone out, and we like that was like we were trying to have a phone out in the audience, let alone on stage, and I'm like sitting there refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. Come on, where's the pick? And then I went back home, and we I had recorded it. My brother was watching it. He 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 skipped my induction to watch it. Wow. And I went home and I rewinded it and watched us pick it, and I was like, okay. And that was the point. I was like, okay, it settled down. I'm like, okay. And my uh, my brother who does the draft stuff with me was really mad because uh, at this point he was doing his he did his quarterback uh, scouting he has, he came into me like the day before he's like you know everyone's high on Josh Allen but uh you know what I predict he's gonna move to tight end in NFL before he becomes a good quarterback I'm like and I turn to him and go oh so Josh Allen's gonna be a tight end now huh and he's like you know that uh, we can we can work on it it'll be okay and that was my first introduction to Josh Allen was uh, my brother trying to defend his fact that. He thought he was gonna be a tight end in the NFL. That's a terrible take. <laughs> I forgot what I was waiting for. Wasn't there jazz band? Is that why I was just we were just sitting in the in the band room? Maybe I don't remember. I just remember I, I think left, because I left after my induction. If there was jazz band, I didn't go to it. Because <laughs> I don't I don't know why I would just be sitting there that late. Because I know I wasn't inducted into anything. Because I was not. I was the only thing I was inducted into was science on a site, and I got kicked out immediately. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I I forgot what we were waiting for. But yeah, me and him were both just sitting in there, and it was just um, because I didn't know that much. It was really easy for me to just like flip sides and just be like, you know what? No, this is gonna be good because of everything else. Because I just knew what the media was saying, and of course, the media was like dogging Alan for everything that they could. They still do. They still do, <laughs> but. Yeah, it was easy for me to just flip. Give you some good capital for Josh Rosen if you really want him back. I'm good. I'll give you I'm, I'm depth, maybe. I'll give you I'll give you uh running back uh I'll give I'll give you TJ Eldon for Josh Rosen. I don't really like TJ Eldon's basically sure. a, just a third down back that dropped the game winning touchdown pass against the Patriots in week four. I, I'd be I'd actually be fine with that. That's not that bad of a trade, honestly. You, uh, uh, who was the tight end that dropped it? Charles Clay. Who, yeah, you can have Charles. We don't even have him anymore, but you can take. We him. had Charles Clay. <laughs> <laughs> we got him from them. He was oh, yeah, good. You want him, you want him back? Yeah, he, I had him in fan. Talking about that play at the end of the one game where Rosen like scram. Oh, not Rosen. Allen scrambled like all around and then launched it to the end zone. He was alone and he dropped. That was Clay. Yeah, yeah. I bet you loved that one, didn't you? Yeah, I, I remember watching that game, and I, I I can't believe it was Charles Clay, but yeah, dropping that wide open pass in the end zone for the lead, right? It was, yo, yo, yeah, it was that would have been for the win. Like for the win, yeah. there was like zero seconds left on the clock. It was for <laughs> the win, and he dropped it with not a soul around him. And Allen scrambled for like miles in that play to make sure he. Yeah, I could tell you. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't talk about it. That play sums up the entire 2018 season for the Bills. I, I was yeah. very happy watching it back. Shot. I was like, yeah. I, I see why we traded him. <laughs> yeah, Josh Allen, Josh Allen, uh, Josh Allen running around for about twenty years and then throwing to someone to have him drop it. It sums up the twenty nineteen season. There for was us. nobody within like ten yards of him either, which is. I remember all the jokes people were saying. He could have done a backflip. He could have cooked himself like a five course meal. He could have he could have read it the entire like Harry Potter series and then caught the ball. He had that much time. The ball was in the air and he dropped it. It was like fielding a punt. It was like fielding a punt. He just had to field a punt. 
maybe he just preferred being in Miami or just, you know, <laughs> maybe. But going into the 2020 season, I just just two questions about it. Um, obviously, the biggest additions were Stefan Diggs. Uh, the Bills were good last year, but they were 26th ranked in pass. And adding Josh Norman on the defensive side of the ball obviously was huge. So you got two huge upgrades on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. What do you expect from each of those guys uh, statistically and how much of an immediate impact do you expect from those guys? Uh, I know there's always the jokes about like, oh, how, let's take bets how long until Stefan Diggs is arguing with Josh Allen on the sidelines. But I feel like the way our coaching staff is set up, they wouldn't have traded for him if they didn't expect either A, for him to have those fits, or B, that they have to get in contact with them and be like, hey, that, that won't run here. We need you to like just be a team player kind of guy. We're going to feed you the ball. You're going to be our best receiver, obviously, so we're going to feed you the ball. He had to compete with Thielen. He's ob- he's head and shoulders but the best receiver on our team. Like Josh, John Brown, 1,000-yard receiver, he's a number two guy. Let's get let's get, let's get get real here. Um, so we had – so I'm, I'm expecting – him to people are always like joking around oh how long until he flips the lid because he's not getting the ball enough i think we'll manufacture touches for him and he will have bought into the team chemistry more than he did at minnesota where he's not gonna be as much of a ball hug and complaining about it so uh i'm just hoping so far in practice from the past couple days in training camp that has like week they've shown a good uh chemistry they've had a good decent bit of uh connections there um Josh, outside of outside of Diggs, he's been kind of shaky. But when he was passing Diggs, he's been pretty, pretty good. So I mean, I'm excited for that, especially because, like I said, we haven't had a top end wide receiver talent since like 2013. Right. Um, and for Norman, I know there was always the jokes last year that he was getting cooked on Washington. He got benched. He looked like terrible. But um, if you look at since I'm, I'm a big student, I love studying the game. I love like to see the zones and stuff like like the zone coverages and all that. Like reading like different different uh, defensive playbooks, stuff like that. If you go back to when he was at Carolina, when Sean McDermott was his defensive coordinator, they ran a lot of the de- same defense we run now, which was uh, like a zonish man where like they play off, and if the guy runs deep, they man him. If they stay short, it's more of a zone. And that's when that's the system Norman played in when he was there, and that's when he became an All Pro. In Washington, they paid him, and they said, you're one-on-one, man-on-man. We run a lot of man and blitzes, zero coverage. Stick with this guy. Don't lose him. Instead of just knowing his like knowing his zone or knowing, like, if he go runs if he runs past me, then I'd stick with him. He was more of a just, no matter where he goes, stay with him. And that's how that's the system he was put in, and that's when he got roasted and stuff like that. So, I mean, if you were to believe that it was the system that really messed him over in Carolina, you know, I mean, it's from Carolina to Washington, and then he's coming back to the same system. I believe he will have a bounce back season. I think he'll be able to go back. Maybe if he reaches the All Pro form, to hell with what Josh Allen does. I think we might have a Super Bowl run- winning defense already. But if even if he just is just like a starter caliber or like you know above average, I think that'll go a long way to helping us. Uh, I just hope he heals up. He's in, he's out right now indefinitely with a hamstring injury he suffered a couple days ago. Faber. Yeah, hopefully that injury doesn't affect us too bad. Hopefully we can get back as soon as possible and make an impact for our team. But also, I just got an update. Alan was one of the people that got affected with a uh, false COVID-19 test. Oh. So he he that's why he was out. But he's fine because they messed it up. So <laughs> he's all good, but he was just out today because they fucked up his COVID test. So oh, so it came, back, that. it came back positive, but it's not actually positive? Yeah, like he's actually fine. It was um, it was a false positive test, is what ESPN said. 
<sighs> False positive. This season's going to be a roller coaster. I'm, oh, jeez. It's crazy. Yeah, as far as Diggs goes, I expect him to do a lot of big and great things. If he doesn't, I'm going to be very disappointed. But it's, yeah, I expect him to be a thousand yard receiver. If, uh, if if anything, I think I think his floor is a thousand yards at this point because he's had a thousand yards past two seasons, and he's been he was sharing touches with Thielen, who was also a near one thousand yard, if not a thousand yard receiver. So now he's the main guy. Like Thielen was, people argue Thielen was even the better receiver there. That that he made Diggs expendable. I don't believe that. I've heard that argument. But if he can put up 1,000 yards while splitting cut touches with another number one type receiver, I think mm-hmm. if he's just the sole number one, he should be able to get that. Plus the Bills, they've showed like uh, with, like the bright spots I was talking about with earlier with Dable is they know how to get the ball in Playmark's hands. When we played the Titans, uh, like we talked about again earlier, uh, the biggest play of the game was we just had we, – we did this little play where it's like a, it's like a volleyball pass where he just literally just – Catches the ball from the snap and immediately just tosses it to the receiver in front of him. And they have this block. It, it, but it, before that, it was giving it to Isaiah McKenzie, punt returner, guy who picked up off the waivers from Denver. Now, if that's stuff on Diggs, he, and that counts as passing yards, so that's right there. It's basically a run play to him, but he's going to get passing yards. He's gonna, we're just going to make these gimmicky plays up. He's going to get touches manufactured to him by out of screens, out of jet sweep passes, things like that. So I think at minimum he gets 1,000. And then my last question, because we talked a lot about, I have a lot of repeats that we already talked about. Um, So I just want to ask you guys again. So the Bills defense was ranked second and third in the last two years and against uh, yards allowed. So we're right about that. So for both of you guys, how confident are you in the Bills defense to dominate the 2020 season with the losses of Lorenzo Alexander to retirement? Defensive lineman Jordan Phillips, Shaq Lawson, they combined for 16 sacks last year like we talked about. And then veteran cornerback Kevin Johnson in free agency. So with some hefty losses, uh, I know we talked about a little earlier, but again, just overview your thoughts on the defense, what you expect from them this season with some of the losses. Yeah, um, Shaq Lawson, Jordan Phillips, those are definitely the biggest two. Like Lorenzo Alexander, love the man, but he was kind of a liability in coverage. Uh, he actually came to our school, and we were able to talk to him for a little yeah. bit. We got pictures and stuff. So yeah, he came and like talked to us about. He just... called this one fat dude big sex. So it was pretty funny. It was it, it was pretty <laughs> funny. Uh, wow. Uh, but uh, he. Uh, he uh he is probably not a major loss. I just think Shaq Lawson to the Dolphins was probably my least my like biggest like oh crap why did that happen move because one he was good for us and two he's going to a division opponent so take good care of him. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm sure I can't wait for him to be riding Josh Allen's back like a pummel horse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so those two losses I think were. Rough, but I think that with drafting AJ Epines in the second round, who is basically that same kind of strong side, uh, and who can do run, good in the run game and bump inside for D at D tackle sometimes to pressure passer, I think he'll do good. Um, as well as adding Mario Addison, who's a consistent nine sack performer. Uh, D tackle is where the replacing Jordan Phillips is where I'm a little iffy because he really kind of he was good when we got him from the Dolphins. He showed up a little bit the year we got him, but then after that, the next year was when he blew up, when his contract year, when now he's making $10 million a year in Arizona. He was that t- three-tech gap-shooting D-lineman that we're hoping at Oliver is going to be. So we, we're hoping that to replace to replace Shaq Loss, we drafted AJ Jefferson and signed Mario Addison. To replace Jordan Phillips, it's not as simple as just adding someone to do it. It's hoping that Ed Oliver takes that next big step we need him to do 
to be able to wreak havoc like he did, which he's shown flashes that he can. We just need him to stay healthy and up, you know, improve his game as he has been and get replace uh, the uh, the talent that was there with Jonah Phillips when he left. And then um, Kevin Johnson, he was like a he was like the Josh he was like kind of like Josh Norman. He was a guy we brought in uh, former former like he was a first round pick, so he wasn't like he wasn't really good. He was usually hurt. Um, he played backup. He like split split roles with uh, Levi Wallace, who's still on our team right now, who was our second corner. And then we brought when he left, we just basically replaced him with Josh Norman. So as long as Josh Norman can do good, if not better, as better than Kevin Johnson, which was it's not hard to do because he was on the bench most of the, most of the year. And Levi Wallace, who was our starter for like I believe he started sixteen games at cornerback. Um, as long as we still have those two guys, I think the Kevin Johnson loss will be negated more or less. Um, and the, the only problem with the linebacker loss, like I said, Lorenzo Alexander wasn't as good as he has been in years past, but we haven't really found a, like a very good replacement for him, which makes me cautiously optimistic because like, if we can have A.J. Klein step up in that role and we could probably repeat what we did this past year, if not do better because we'll have more sack production, theoretically. But right. it's not – I'd rather we had gotten a proven guy or drafted someone or gotten someone that I could be like – I have like ninety, like ninety to one hundred percent confidence this guy is going to come in and do just what Lorenzo Alexander did, if not better. Daver. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'm not as worried for linebackers. I feel like Klein will do fine, and I feel like Jermaine Edmonds and Matt Milano are going to um maybe be the forefront of our linebacker core, and I think that's not going to be too big of an issue. Um. Same thing with corner. I think that Josh Norman will be able to do as good, if not better than uh, Kevin Johnson was, even though I was high on him. I, I really liked him. I was kind of sad to see him let go. But, um, I mean, we get Josh Norman in return, which some people see as a bad thing. Most Bills fans are going to tell you that's a good thing. Um, yeah, the biggest thing is really just the D-line. But I feel like the way our D-line is set up and the way that we like to do things like shift around players and all the stuff that we do, I feel like our D-line is really set up to where we could have – players that may not have been as successful or like Jordan Phillips, they can really just like step up and have this big explosion of production. Like I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Harrison Phillips, which not a lot of people have heard of could come out of nowhere and just produce so much because even though he's a bench player, I mean, he's going to get a good amount of reps just because that's how we like to use our defensive players, at least on the line. And um, I just feel like, Anyone in our defensive system could potentially have like a bounce back or just have like a really good year, especially on our line, because that's just how McDermott likes to set up his defensive line. He's just very, and it prevents things like injuries a lot too. We don't really have that many injuries. Um, we have maybe, what was it? It was something like least or like second least, something weird. I think we were second least. Yeah, in the league last year, which is really good and partially due to how he runs his defense and how he tries to keep players healthy. And, I mean, we have our new facilities, which help a lot too. But I give a lot of credit to um, Sean McDermott in that regard. All right, guys. So just to wrap up then, um, I just have the schedule uh, for you guys. So just rapid fire. I'm going to read through it, and then one after another, just – say dub or a loss and the score for each game. But before we do that, your 10 and six record last year was the best you've had since 1999. 
So before we go through the whole schedule, win loss, just a quick answer. How many wins do you see in 2020? Uh, I'd say floor eight uh, ceiling is, I don't, I, I'm not going to say, I, I'd say going with, uh, I'd say 10 wins. I'd say like 10, 10 more repeat would probably be my best prediction. Okay. I'd say floor is nine. Ceiling is 12. Realistic, 10. It's a good floor. <laughs> All right. So just the schedule again, we'll go uh, back and forth. Win, loss, and score. So opening up against the Jets. Win. Easy win. Score? Uh, let's go 23 to 10. 23 to 10. Um, I'm also going to say it's a dub. Uh, I think it's going to be a little bit closer. I think it may be um, – because usually the Jets games are, are – we're really competitive with them usually, no matter how bad they are. It's just like that's how we are for some reason. So, I said rapid fire. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll say like um, maybe like 20 to 17. All right, Dolphins. Uh, I'll give us the dub. Like I'll go twenty seventeen now this time because it'll be closer. Wait, what? I- I'll give us the win twenty to seventeen. Oh, uh, they said they said twenty seven seven. I was like, no, 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 twenty to seventeen. <laughs> 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 All right, Tabor. Um, dub. I'll say it's a little more low scoring. I'll say it like thirteen to ten. All right, Rams. Uh, I'll give us the win again this time. Like. Uh, I'll go 17-13. Yeah, again, win. I'll say a little more high score. I'll say 27 to maybe 20. All right. So you're on a 3-0 start, and then you have the Raiders. Uh, Give us a loss on that one. I think the Raiders are going to win like 24 to like 13 or something like that. They're going to run all over us. That that I might – just to switch it up, I'll disagree. I'll say win. (laughs) I'll say it's another another low – Scoring, so maybe a uh, ten to seven. Ten, okay. Titans. Uh, with Tan with Tannehill. Tana- uh, I'm I'm gonna go a win. Uh, we'll go twenty four twenty one. Okay. This is where I'll continue to differ. This one I'll say is is gonna be our loss. Um, I'll say I don't think they'll score that high against us. I'll say maybe uh thirteen to ten. All right, Chiefs. Uh, loss. Um, I'll go thirty-five to twenty-one. Yeah, same loss. Um, thirty to twenty-one. Back against the Jets. Uh, I'll go another win, but this time it's like thirty-one to thirteen. That's that's been a comp. We've we, that's been like a scary. Like we've had that score a couple years in a row now against other teams. Right. One of them was the Jets. I think two years ago. Um, I'll say, I feel like it's like a, an, another common thing is just splitting with the Jets, <laughs> at least in recent years. So I'll say loss and I'll say, um, maybe 21 to 10. 21 to 10. First matchup with the Patriots after that? Uh, what's the, who's home? Us. You guys, yep. Uh, we'll go loss, we'll go 14 to 7. Lots of low scores. It's it's a the, the cons of being a Bills fan. <laughs> I'll say it's a I'll say it's a dub. I'll, I'll agree a low score. I'll go uh, maybe thirteen to three. Thirteen three. And Seattle. Uh, I'm gonna go with the dub, and I'm gonna go. It's gonna be twenty eight twenty four. 
Yeah, I agree. I think we're either going to beat the Chiefs or the Seahawks, two big guys. We're going to beat one, lose to the other. So I'm going to say beat the Seahawks. I'm going to say um, maybe 31 to 27. I think it'll be close. Arizona Cardinals? Uh, loss. Uh, we'll go 22 to 14. Okay. A lot of field goals. <laughs> yeah. This one I'll say is a dub. I'll say um, 21 to 16. Chargers? Uh, I'll take a win over Tyrod Taylor. Uh, we'll go, it's going to be low scoring, so 17 to 13. What if it's Justin Herbert at this time? 17 to 6. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll agree we get the win. Um, I'll say maybe ten to three, really low scoring. Forty ers <laughs> Oh, um, let's go. Loss, thirty eight to ten. <laughs> We're gonna get blown out. Eight there. Um, I agree. Loss. I don't know about blown out, but I don't think it'll be close. I think it may be. Um, I'll say twenty seven to maybe about sixteen. Pittsburgh Steelers. That's going to be tough because I don't know who's playing quarterback. Uh, win 21-14. to 14. I'm going to say win 23-17. Denver Broncos? Loss 23-20. I'm going to say win. I'll say... Mm. 31 to 17. And then the last two, one more against the Patriots. Uh, I gi- I'll give us the win there because we're playing for playoffs. So win uh, 17 to 10. All right. I'll give us an L on this one. I'll say um, 21 to 17. And then finishing off against Miami. Uh, I'll take a loss there, uh, 24 to 19. Playing for, are you assuming you're resting starters? You're just being generous, being e- nice? E- either way, I think that even if we're resting starters or if, it, I don't know, I just don't feel, I, I feel like the Miami is going to split with us. Usually usually in the division, we either sweep, we sweep one team and split with the other of the Jets or Dolphins. And in this prediction, I'm sweeping the Jets, so I'm going to pick whatever we split with the Dolphins. All right. I'm going to say that we beat the Dolphins. I'll say uh, 21 to 19. You're saying you sweep us? Yeah. You're see, back to being the fan. See, he had a sweeping Dolphins splitting with Jets. I'm sweeping Jets splitting with Dolphins. Yeah. And I'm, he's back to being called sidekick for disrespecting me. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll just wrap it up with one more question. Um, I know we're both uh, in the AFC East uh, fan base-wise, but – Outside the in the uh, entire NFL, if you had to pick one team, preferably maybe an underdog team, who are you most looking forward to seeing play this year with that high expectations? And give me your Super Bowl prediction. All right, so yeah, this is what when we do our hot take stuff. Uh, this is something we did. Uh, me actually, actually made a bet on it uh, that I predicted the Broncos. Uh, I, I said Drew Locke would have a better season than Patrick Mahomes, and whoever wins that bet gets to put the other one. Ah. through. 
Whoever wins that bet gets to put the other one through a table. So Patrick Long just signed a 10-year, 100. <laughs> I don't think you're going to have a statistically a better year. I'm really high on Denver, but I don't know. I'm, I'm going to stay I'm, my – I'm putting him through a table is more of the story. I'm saying Denver is my outside of us team that I think is going to do – my underdog team that's going to do good. And Super Bowl, I'm going to say Saints over Ravens. Okay. And you, Saki? Um, I, I don't know if it's necessarily like, um, what's it called? Underdog, but I, I just, I just really like the Cardinals. I know they're in a really tough division, but I'm loving what they're doing and I want to see them, um, really grow and do good this season. And then, um, as far as Super Bowl goes, I'll say that, whoa, I had the divisions pulled up and it <laughs> this is weird it has like dolphins in the nfc that's not right <laughs> um i'll go seahawks in the in the super bowl and i'll go i i really want to say chiefs have a repeat but i think the ravens have it in them but i'll say see um i don't trust Seahawks. i'll say ravens win i was we actually are pretty similar on this i was either uh, I, like I said, I'm really high on Denver. I think they're really under the radar. I like Drew Locke. I like the defense. But I actually agree with you in saying Arizona because I love what Kenyon Drake did when he got there from Miami. And obviously getting DeAndre Hopkins with Kyler Murray, I'm very excited to see that. It's just they're in a tough division with Seattle and San Francisco. But those are definitely Denver and Arizona. I also I agree with completely. My Super Bowl, I think the Saints and Seahawks are the two best teams in the NFC. Um, especially Seattle, they're stacked, and then they got Jamal uh, Jamal Adams. So I was having – I'll have Seattle in the Super Bowl winning um, against Baltimore, but I'm le- I'm a little lenient on Pittsburgh, I think, with Big Ben back. And they finished really well last year with all the injuries and backup quarterback situations and stuff, really well coached. I think if Roethlisberger plays well, they, he could actually be a surprise and get them there again. Mm-hmm. Do you, th- you think the Ravens still make it? They just cut uh, Earl Thomas, like just now. Yeah I, yeah, I just got the notification too. But, you know, you got – I'm really – with the Ravens, I'm really excited with the trio of Lamar Jackson, Mark Ingram, because they were both 1,000-yard rushers, and then you throw in J.K. Dobbins. So I'm really excited with that a rushing trio they're going to have there. Mm-hmm. And I, they should have been there. They really blew it uh, last year. But I think they're one of the most stacked teams in the AFC. So. Did they blow it or was Tannehill just that good? <laughs> I I told you. I, I gave Tannehill a pep talk, and he decided to <laughs> fall out. <laughs> I'll have to hit him here and, uh, you know, give him another pep talk and see if he'll give me a shout out or something. But yeah, just keep yeah, bothering just, him on Instagram. I try. I tag him and everything. I, I want that follow for me so bad. Be like, I'll be like, you remember me? He'll be like, yeah, I don't fucking know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine. It, it meant the world to me. So that's all that matters. But uh, that's it for me, guys. Uh, this is the weekly huddle, the collaboration I did with you guys here today. I'll be sure to, you know, include the links to your guys' stuff and everything once I get the, uh, everything published and confirmed. But thanks so much for joining me, guys, and talking football. No problem. Thanks for having us. Thank you.